Listen up. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the podcast participants and not to any participant's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. You know, for fun. So lighten up and enjoy. Stomping Jen. Yeah. Welcome to the Soft Serve Podcast. 2022. It is 2022. This is the first one we're recording in 2022. Isn't that right? No. It isn't? <laughs> oh. Okay, this is the second one we're recording in 2022. <laughs> That's true. I'm excited about this. Um, this is our first guest that we're That's recording true. with in 2022. Yeah, yes. so I'm excited. Um, yes. We're going to be talking with Jen Wood from Speakman Sisters Natural Hand Dyed Yarns. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. And I'm. this is kind of, in my mind, um, a follow-up in a sense to... Uh, the podcast we did um, with a fiber artist. Mm -hmm. And we talked to that person a lot about fiber and fiber arts. And um, Jen and Jen's company, Speakman Sisters, makes uh, yarn that people use for all different purposes, including fiber art. So in my mind, there's like a connection there. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, so I'm really interested, and I have a lot of questions because I've been always have a lot I've been examining materials for a week, oh, so I have lots of questions. So, awesome. are you ready? Yes. Okay, so um, what do I do next? I hit the button. All right, I'm gonna need help as we go into 2022. This red button. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. Hi, Stomping Jen, again. again. How you doing? Yeah. Again. I'm saying hi to you again as we come out of the intro music. It's super weird. I know. I'm a little, uh... I'm trying uh, to get you off kilter. You, you already have done that. Yeah. Well, let's say hi to Jen Wood. Hi, Jen. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Um... I'm really excited to talk to you because, as I was saying uh, before the intro music, we talked to a fiber artist before, and I had like lots of questions for her about the materials she used, like the yarns and mm -hmm. the wools and stuff. And so when I saw um, on our on our calendar that we were going to be talking to you, I got really excited because that was that was a really interesting conversation to me. So. I'm, um, I'm super um, jazzed to be talking with you. So thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. So um, I just want to open up by um, allowing you just to tell us a little bit more about yourself um, and your company, um, Speakman Sisters Natural Hand Dyed Yarns. So just tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Um, sure. Um, I, I live in Worcester. I'm from Worcester. Um, I have been a knitter and crocheter for almost 20 years. And um, I started uh, dyeing yarn, let's see, last fall. No, fall of 2020. Okay. Um, I um, 
had an overabundance of marigolds in my garden, in my pandemic garden. And um, I, it was getting time to get the garden all shut down. And I, what am I doing with all these marigolds? So um, I went online and discovered that I can, uh, I could dye yarn with them. And I got all the ingredients together that I needed, um, some undyed yarn, went in the kitchen and was absolutely floored at the color that I got. That's so cool. uh, it was this most amazing bright yellow. Um, and I was hooked. Uh-huh. No pun, in, no crochet <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> and how, how during, so you mentioned that you got interested in this during the pandemic and I'm sorry if I missed it. Were you, were you interested in fiber and fiber arts um, yes. before that? So this is some, so um, what got, what got you, what got you thinking like, I can do this. I can dye my own yarn. Like what was that spark? Um, really, well, I had been, I had been a knitter and crocheter for almost 20 years and really had to, I hadn't been able to do it in a while because, um, I was also a massage therapist for almost 20 years and I was, uh, dealing with, um, injury. Okay. And so I couldn't, I stopped knitting and crocheting a while ago so that I could work. Now I'm not even doing that anymore. I'm not, I'm not massaging. So um, I wanted to stay in doing something with, with yarn in, in the fiber world. Um, and those, those marigolds, they just told me like, this is what you're going to do now. And getting that bright yellow, that beautiful color right away, having a success right mm -hmm. away helps in something that you want to try. Um, the next few times I died, it wasn't a huge success, but I knew it was possible. So I kept going. Mm -hmm. Do you have a big garden? I would imagine that it takes a lot of marigolds to <laughs> produce some dye to the, to like to, for it to be usable. So did you have a lot of them available to you? For, for some reason that year we did. Um, I actually planted two planted marigolds that I bought at the store, you know, in full bloom, but I planted two marigold plants that I plant, um, started from seed. And these two particular plants grew to like five feet tall, what? covered in flowers. I had never seen such a, such a thing. So I did, I had a lot of them. I, we don't have a huge garden, um, but those plants were five feet tall. That's crazy. I've never huh. seen a five foot yeah. plant ever. <laughs> Usually the ones we grow, like they're short and stubby. Yeah. And, and we put them around tomatoes. They're like to border keep... plants. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's crazy. Border plants. Yeah. And they're supposed to keep mosquitoes away. Was this like a special variety that you found seeds of or it was just like a mystery you know what? I'm not sure. I don't remember. They were a pack that somebody just kind of gave me. Um, and I thought they were going to be short border plants, mm -hmm. like you just said. Um, but this, these particular, and they grew orange and yellow flowers. Oh, cool. So I had a mix. Huh. And um, so I wanted, so before we get into the, uh, the, the technical aspects of this. And I have a, a bunch of questions about it. Um, I wanted to ask you about the name of your company, Speakman Sisters. Could you talk to us a little bit? Because I understand it has some special meaning um, to you. 
and even to yes. even to Worcester, where you where you reside. So, can you talk a little bit about yeah. that? Um, the Speakman sisters were my nana and her five sisters. Um, they grew up in South Worcester, um, sort of in the neighborhood of between Canterbury Street and Cambridge Street. Um, and um, there were five. There were excuse me, there were six sisters. They also had an older brother who um, was killed in World War II and is buried at Normandy. Um, They were very tight, you know, very close family, very, very close. And my Nana um, was um, one of the youngest. My my Nana had a twin. So it was Betty and Barbara Speakman. They were the youngest. Um, And yeah, they they spent at least Betty and Barbara spent their entire lives living in that neighborhood. Uh, um, so yeah, I I I'm not sure like why I wanted to name it that. It just came to me, and I went with it. So yeah, did you did you grow up around all of that family in Worcester? Like, were you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I did. My my um, mother's side of the family, my, my mother's side of family, which is her mother, is my nana Betty. Um, we were very close to that family. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so was spent it, a lot of time with them. That's yeah. Were they um, were they into uh, fiber arts or knitting or anything like that? <laughs> Anyone in your family? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. In fact, no one in my family taught me to knit. Um, some random stranger that I only knew for like a couple months taught me to knit when I was like 30. Um, so no, they actually didn't do any crafts. I actually was, I asked around in my extended family to find out, did any of the sisters do any kind of crafts? No, they had no time for that. They had to work and raise their families. They did not have time for that. Yeah, that's interesting. I was just thinking about my own um, grandmother. I think it was probably from that same era, and she did no crafts. She didn't craft. No, my mother. Your mother was a my huge mother crafter. was an in- insane crafter. I mean, could craft anything and crafted all day long. But my grandmother was so busy working, like, and she would just fill her free time with work. Like she would mm-hmm. clean the house, polish furniture, like rearrange the cabinets, like. You know, there's something, and I think it's from growing up in that era. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, um, and uh, I love that. I love that you stayed in Worcester. Um, I grew up in Massachusetts, and I didn't know a lot about Worcester. And it wasn't until like later in my life I discovered what a an amazing city Worcester is. Like, mm-hmm. I had no idea. There's this. You mean like last summer? Uh, last summer too, but we had <laughs> we had uh, we had gone to like that revitalized um, district in Worcester near the new ballpark, and we're blown away by like what they're doing there um, in terms of businesses mm-hmm. and um, and it was like a nice place to go and spend the day. But it's like such a huge, amazing city. Yeah. And I is it does it hold a special place for you? And do you like? Oh, and and does it mean does it mean something to have a a gr- to start? growing a business there and trying to do something in Worcester? Does that mean something Um, to you? It does. It's my home. Yeah. Um, I lived, I've lived here my whole life. Um, except for one year I lived in the Southwest. Um, but it's my home. Um, it does mean a lot to me to 
to have a business, to be part of the community here. Um, previous to this, I did, I owned a, um, a spa, basically mm-hmm. um, massage therapy spa. Um, and, you know, it was important to me to be part of the community then as well. Um, and the fact that I'm, I'm dying yarn with materials, some materials that I grow here in the city and some materials I forage for here in the city, which people think, oh, you must have to live out in the country to do that. But no. Yeah. What kind of stuff um, are you able to forage for the ingredients? And I, I'm, these are the ingredients for the dyes that you use to um, color the yarn, right? Yes. And- yes. Yeah, go ahead. Um, around here, um, I live near Worcester State University. Um, and I, I, we have a dog who needs a walk twice a day. Um, I actually pick up a lot of my materials walking around the um, baseball field at Worcester State. Huh. It's, it's what everyone would consider weeds, goldenrod, um, milkweed, Queen Anne's lace, Joe Pye weed. Um, I pick up acorns. During the fall, I would walk the dog in the morning and come home with one pocket full of acorns, put them in a jar, and just keep doing that until I had a lot of acorns. In my mind, I think I feel like I know, like, okay, I see a goldenrod and a yellow flower, and in my mind, I know those are going to make yellow dye. Like, what do the acorns do? Brown. Okay. Um, acorns Acorns contain um, a lot of tannin. Mm. Okay. So you're going to get browns from that. Okay. Um, and I saw too on your website that you, you use insects sometimes as components. <laughs> yes. Like what? It's nothing I like pick up around yeah. here. I have to order those. <laughs> like what kind of insects would you use in um, a, as an ingredient? Well, the, the, the most common one is, um, and I know I always mispronounce it, cochineal. It is a beetle that lives on prickly pear cactus. Huh. So it does not, you don't find it around here. Um, it has been used, it's crushed and it has been used to dye, to dye textiles for thousands of years. Hmm. One of the oldest dyes. That's super cool. Yeah. And, um, so then we have things like berries, roots, and am I right in thinking like roughly speaking, the color of the thing you're foraging or you're crushing up, you're not, you're so I'm way <laughs> off base. Help me here. No. Um, in fact, I get that a lot yeah. and, and you know, with berries, yes, what you see is what you get. Okay. Um, but, uh, I, I died with pomegranate this fall and, um, it's the rind that you're using. It's not the seeds and uh, you get, um, like, a uh, a yellow, um, what? Yeah. You get yellow. Yes. Um, and people go, wait, what? I would expect red, but just because again, pomegranate rind has a lot of tannin. Uh, so yeah, just because the, the outside of something, it, it does not mean that the, chemical structure i guess mm-hmm. i'm i'm not a chemist i just right. pretend to be one in the basement <laughs> now are yeah, there scientists are there um are you are you discovering this stuff through trial and error are there like resources for you to look at like is there a book like you can look at and say okay this ingredient's going to give me this color 
Both. Okay. Um, I have several dye books, dyeing books, natural dyeing books. Um, and um, there are lots of websites. There are lots of people who do this. Um, and yes, trial and error, because not everyone who writes these books or has a YouTube channel sh- doing it lives in my area. Mm. So um, I will just see something and go, I wonder, take it home, you know, take, just pick a little take it home and, and, and simmer it and see what happens. And if nothing happens, then what did I lose? Nothing. Yeah. And your specialty, um, that the Speakman sisters, what you produce through your company are these natural hand dyed yarns. And so those are any, um, type of yarn that you dye with these ingredients that are not synthetic, right? You're getting them out of nature yourself or you're ordering them online, but they're, they're natural ingredients. Yes. The dyes and and the yarn as well. Um, I, I use, um, I, I currently only use protein fibers. So animal fibers only, um, they take natural dyes better than something like cotton or linen. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm assuming that's because of the structure of the the plant cell, right? That's a harder thing to get the the dye into. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there's another, like an extra step, um, in, in getting, um, a plant fiber yarn ready for the dye. And I don't have the patience. (laughs) Yeah. I just don't have the patience. Can can you get like all the colors, like every spectrum color or? Green is the hardest to get from nature, believe it or not. Oh, that's weird. Because most of your green plants are going to give you yellow dye. Hmm. So uh, green is really tricky. And a lot of times you have to um, uh, change the color of a dye with an, uh, a modifying liquid. So yeah. you can use things like um, iron, um, you can use copper, um, acids and, and alkaline solutions to change and modify colors. Um, if you, if you um, pre-soak a yarn in a copper solution, you will start out with a green colored yarn. Mm-hmm. That copper solution will will dye the yarn a, a pale, pale, pale green, so that when you put it into your dye, you may, if you put it into a yellow dye, you may get um, a darker green or blue. That makes sense to me because copper turns green when you leave it out. You, mm-hmm. you ever notice that? <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah. Yes, with all my copper. Yeah. I this gold, it. this gold ring you got me is apparently <laughs> oh copper. My gosh. It turned green. <laughs> Um, I wanted to talk about the color. <laughs> Sorry, that's for another show. <laughs> yeah. um, the, that's uh, part of our thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, I was looking on your website, which is an awesome website. I want people to go and oh, check it out. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I built it myself, so thank it look, you. It looks really good. And people, go check it out. It's thespeakmansisters.com. I'm going to have all of the links in the show notes. I'll say that up front. So all the stuff we're talking about or I'm referencing, you can go and find um, in our podcast show notes. But um, I love... Um, I love the color profile of these natural dyes, right? Like they are soothing to look at. Um, it's like the the purples and the yellows aren't like intense and in your face. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. they, uh, I don't they know how to describe fake. it. They feel like, it feels nice to look at them. Like natural? Yeah. Is that, is that part of, <laughs> yeah, like natural. <laughs> 
I knew I was paying you for something, Stomping Jim. Oh, boy. Uh, so is that, um, is that part of the allure of using this process? Is, is that feel um, that the colors give you? Or is there something else behind this? You're, you're going to get some subtle muted colors. Um, but I've also pulled off some pretty bright, flashy colors. Yeah. Um, especially with that insect, with the cochineal, it, um, it, it gives you a bright red. Um, and you can play with that. You know, you leave it in the dye a little longer. You get the dark red. If you take it out, if you only have it in there for a short time, you're going to get like a pink. Um, I, I think, you know, it's funny. I, there are a lot of hand dyers, um, it's a, it's a popular, um, hobby for people who knit and, and crochet and most of them use, um, acid dyes. So you're, they're going to get like eye popping, you know, you'll never find this color in nature, um, colors from that. And yeah, the draw with the natural dyes is that it looks closer to what's out there. Yeah. And it's been, this is the way textiles have been dyed for thousands of years. Um, I use a material called logwood that was used by the Puritans to dye their clothes. Hmm. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about that. There is a, um, this process is as old as human civilization itself, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And do you think about, do you ever think about that as you're, as you're sitting there making this stuff like and reflect on that? All the time. I, I, um, um, you know, I got my degree in anthropology. So cultural, um, just culture and society, it, it fascinates me. And my, my focus was the culture, history and culture of food, but this has sparked another interest in me that, you know, this is the way it's been done. And there, you know, they're really was it, was there a need that we had to use, start to use chemicals? You know, why did we head in that direction? Mm-hmm. Um, nature had provided us with it. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, the flashy colors of the eighties wouldn't have worked but <laughs> <laughs> without chemicals. Yeah. A lot, a lot about the eighties wouldn't have worked without chemicals. <laughs> I, I think. Um yeah, and and I'm I'm serious about this. Like, we're gonna need people like you who know how to do this stuff um, when it all collapses. Because <laughs> I I need a I need a colored um, cardigan. You need a color palette. Yes, I need it, a. Col- when it all comes down, you need to look good. <clears throat> yes. That's yes, right. I I'm need I need. You're my, very vain. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> you just bought a cardigan. I did buy a cardigan. <laughs> he literally um, just bought a cardigan. <laughs> I know. Well, one of my resolutions was I was going to wear more cardigans this year, oh. so I had to get another one. So you should learn how to knit yourself. One. Um, but I would love to, and this one was wool. It was all wool. Yeah, I got another one, and the other one, one was synthetic. It was it was synthetic, and this one is just I haven't put it on yet, but I'm going to wear it tomorrow. Oh, are you excited? It's going to make its debut tomorrow on my body. <laughs> yes, I am excited. <laughs> um, but I love natural fibers, um, and I know you said you you uh, or um, are they called protein based fibers, like the animal yes. fibers? I know you said you you work with those for the dyeing. Um, I got to be honest. I don't. I don't care for these plant fibers, stomping Jen. I mean, like, like a. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say what. Oh, what were you gonna say? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking like, like what cotton. Is, you don't like, oh, like cotton? cotton and linen and stuff. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a fan bamboo? of cotton. Bamboo. No. 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 
You like wool. He I likes love like wool. scrubbed, like itchy yeah, wool. Yeah, I love it. Oh. Something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, um, but we don't knit. We my, don't knit. My grandmother tried in vain. Yeah. Passed along that uh, skill. My great grandmother passed yeah. along that skill to my mom. But but our eleven year old yes, recently that's what um, I was gonna say. Who we call Space Unicorn on this podcast um, knitted a whole blanket. Yeah. Or nice. is that crocheting? I was crocheting. But still. Nice. Um, but yeah, fascinating. I couldn't do it. I don't have the patience. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Um, and I, I wanted to um, I wanted to talk um, Jen a little bit about the process. I w- I watched. Um, one of your Facebook videos on your Facebook page, and oh boy, <laughs> that was something else. I, I mean, I, I, um, I played it, and it looked like there were a bunch of pots on a stove, and it looked like you had this really cool area. So I just wanted you to like um, walk us through if if you have a if you have a like a I don't know what you call it a package of di- uh, of yarn or something that you want to dye. Like, how do you do that? Like, what's the process you use? Okay. Um, so, um, the yarn needs to, um, there's a pre dye process. Uh, it's called the mordant. Uh, so it has to be more, I I don't know if you can, if you're supposed to use this word as a verb, but I do all the time. Um, you have to mordant the yarn. So, um, typically that, that involves simmering the undyed yarn, um, in, um, Water that has had alum and cream of tartar added to it. What's alum? Are, alum is it's it it's a it's in the spice aisle. Usually comes in one of those tiny jars, huh. um, and it it helps along with the cream of tartar helps for the dyes to stick to the yarn and stay. Okay. Um, and most natural dyes require a you to mordant. You can also mordant with copper, which is how I, when I said earlier, you'd then you'd end up starting with a, a pale green yarn. Yeah. Um, the copper works as well, like to attract the dye to the yarn. Huh. Um, so it, that has to be done for, I usually um, simmer that for about an hour. Um, then give it a rinse in case there's any extra alum or cream of tartar that didn't dissolve and stuck to it, uh, give it a rinse, and then it can go into your dye. Um, the dye, again, the same thing, the materials go into the water, in, into a pot of water, and you simmer those. Um, some things need to be simmered a little longer than others, um, and then strain them, and now you have bring the yarn and the dye together and simmer those, um, usually somewhere between 30, min- 30 and 60 minutes. And that's it. Yeah, and I noticed on that Facebook video, um, you had like a, a pot of grass that your uh, somebody named Chris had cut. You you had mentioned oh. like there was a there was a, a, a like a um, a stove pot full of grass yeah. cooking Gra- on the cooking. <laughs> My on husband the- had just mowed the lawn. Yeah, that's an example of of um, you know try something. Yeah, I have I couldn't find anything on the internet or anything about using grass. I know that if you fall in the grass, you're going to stain your clothes. Yeah. Right. Um, so I went for it and I... Did it work? Mm, eh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had four small skeins um, and I put them all in and no, I got like 
this awful beige color. So then I I took the opportunity to do a little um, experimenting and um, I took each skein, put it, divided the dye into four pots. Um, and then I added an alkaline solution to one and an acid solution to the other and copper to another and iron to the fourth. And then I ended up with four different colors. They're all sort of blah, but they're a shade, different shade of green. Each one's a different shade of green. Hmm. So, huh. like yeah. a, you are like a mad scientist. Yeah. It's, it's chemistry and art. That's super fun. Put together. It once um so after you after you cook it in the pots and it gets some color, you um how do you wrap it up some way? Like how do you package it and get it ready? Like it has to dry out, I'm assuming, for it a does. while. Yeah. It does. Um I hang it to dry. Um <laughs> and in my house, which is where I do this, okay. it has a, a r- routine, like a ro- sort of goes around the house, different places that it will dry. It has stages <laughs> in this house. So when it's done like dripping and it's not like in a leak all over the place, it can come in upstairs from the basement and then it can go here and then it can go get there. But then um, after it's dry, I just wind it back into the um, form that it was when I got it yep. and it's ready to be sold. Wow. Give it a name, slap a label on it. <laughs> Question. Many questions. Uh, first question. Uh, now I forgot it because I've talked about questions. Wrapping like, it. It was about wrapping it up. It wasn't preparing about preparing it to it sell. No. Naming. No. I noticed some of the names of your yarn were people, right? Some, some were they. Some of them named after the your um, uh, your nana and your great aunts, right? Yes. So um, the yarn yarn. Um, is typically um, the the uh, fiber that it is. Like if it's alpaca or it's wool or and it and it's different thicknesses. Um, typically, a yarn company will um, they'll have a let's say they have a hundred percent alpaca that's really thin, and they have a a hundred percent wool that's a thicker. They 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 name them. You know, that, yeah. that this is this line and this is this line. So I've done that with my yarns as well. So each of the Speakman sisters has has a line named after them. Um, and then things that pertain to them, um, you you might see as well. So my Nana's name was, she went by Betty, but her real name was Bernice, which she hated. Um, so I have a Bernice, but I also have a Betty. Um, and they're two different yarns. And then the colors of my yarns, I don't know. I just sort of yeah. come okay. up with I crazy things. Questions. Go ahead. All right. So the first one is how do you make, sh- like, do you need to fix it, the dye somehow? So it doesn't like come out in washing mm. and all of that kind of stuff. Natural dyes just rinse, 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 rinse until it's clear. Okay. Um, yeah. I've, I've tried um, vinegar and salt for some and it's worked, but mm-hmm. it's, it, it can change the color too. So I, I try not to, I've gotten away from that. So if you like use it to like knit something, you can wash it and the dye won't come out. I would not. I, well, yes, you can wash, um, you can hand wash right. um, natural dyed. Uh, yarn. I wouldn't do it too often, mm-hmm. yeah. and I wouldn't leave it out in the sun. Right. That is the that is the um, drawback with natural dyes. Okay. Versus the acid dyes and the chemicals, these are going to fade. 
They mm-hmm. are going to fade. There is nothing I can do about it. That is Mother Nature. And I think that's beautiful, though. Like, I, in a way, I like, I like the way, yeah, like, I like the way the fabric changes with yeah. time, right? Like, um, and also, I just want to say, like, uh, I don't think I've ever washed or cleaned a wool sweater I have ever. Like it doesn't. That's, that's not uncommon. That's not uncommon. Jen, Jen's you usually lo- wear. <laughs> Jen's looking at me like oh, I'm not ever visiting you. <laughs> you, you. You usually are wearing something underneath it. Yeah. Right. So you think oh, it's not touching my body. Yeah. Or but you know if you spilled something on it, you probably have to wash. I just give it the brush off. That's it. Okay. Just the brush. But what I'm saying is like um, those fibers are incredible. Like they're incredibly resilient in in my that's one of the reasons i like those those um those natural fibers like that mm-hmm. like wool mm-hmm. cuz mm-hmm. it just like it doesn't pick up odor maybe i just stink and i don't realize it's stomping <laughs> but i don't perceive that it picks up odors like anything like that i think cuz it's so itchy you wear a shirt underneath like, I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, the, the point is I mean, like most people don't wash their hats and scarves and mittens. Yeah. And you and, and Jen, you say that on your website like this is these are naturally dyed yarns. They are going to fade. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's no secrets here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my yeah. other question Go ahead. was do you are you able to replicate the same color by using mm. the same process? Or <laughs> I have that always... question too. Because like if you like uh, you yeah. need like multiple. <laughs> I just know this because Space Unicorn was like knitting this blanket and <laughs> kept saying, "Oh, I need another, I need another skein of yarn." And I'm like, "How how many skeins of yarn do you need?" So like if you have somebody who's buying the yarn and they need like X amount of skeins and like you only like have. Okay, you know where my question's going. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so I I don't have a large facility. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a very small workshop in my basement that my husband built for me. Um, it's six and a half by eight feet. Um, so I can only do so much. And my I only have so much. Uh, the pots are only so big because they fit on the stove. So um, I dye in very, very small batches. So I don't typically dye enough for someone to make a sweater or a blanket. But um, yeah, it's very difficult for me to replicate it because I don't write anything down. Hmm. I started out doing that and I was like, you know what? I just want to do this. I don't want to mm-hmm. be making notes. And that makes it feel like work. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to die. So I... I just do it and, and I go, all right, I'm going to try this color and I'm going to put, I'm going to try it on three. Cause I feel, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like this is going to be a success. So I'll put three in there. <laughs> if I'm not sure I'll put one and then go, okay, this is something that would work. I can get it close the next time. So mm-hmm. it's hard. Yeah. My, my yarns can literally be one of a kind. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Small batch. And, yeah, and I imagine that's appealing to a certain uh, mm-hmm. sector of people who are interested in these types of yarns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I say to someone, that is literally the only scheme. Like, that's it. If mm-hmm. you don't, and if you like it and you don't buy it. Yeah. Right. That usually does the trick. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You saw some of these in person, Stomping yeah. Gent, right? Is that how you connected with Jen yeah. for the podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like seeing them? Did you touch no, them? They're very pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't have any 
quote unquote use for it because I don't do any. Well, of you're this not stuff. into the fiber uh, arts. Yeah, that's just not my thing. You have a different. Um, yeah. Yeah. Art medium that you yeah. you dabble. I in. totally appreciate it because I like yeah. I like color and yeah yeah. They're just they they are um, they are so beautiful. I'm like really going to encourage people to look um, look at um, the Speakman Sisters website and look at these these yeah. these yarns. You call the the bundle skeins? Is that what they're yes. called? I'm picking up on that. Yeah. 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 Um, look at them. They're they're absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. So, all right. So you have the pots on the stove. Do you use any other types of machines? Like, do you have to? do anything no. any else anything else um i occasionally i i have to use my um swift which oh. is um uh swift yeah it, well knitters know uh ball winder and swift they usually oh, okay. come together and it's how you would wind um i i know this is not a video podcast but you can see me um this is okay. i'd have to wind this again or to, to use it to knit with, I would need to wind it. Okay. So I would put it on the Swift and it would um, connect to the, to the ball winder and it turns it into a usable, um, we call it a cake because it sort of looks like a cake when okay. you're done winding it. Yep. So. so Jen was holding up like a circular um, thing of, of, of yarn. What kind of, is that, what kind of wool is that? Is it, should I call it wool? Is that the right this thing to call is, it? Yeah, this is merino. Um, and this is how it goes in the pot. Okay. Like this. okay. Yep. Um, when I sell it, you twist it, it will, yep. Jen's twisting yeah, it's it up. Twist, it's twisted up and it's sold like Oh, okay. Like it looks like a braid almost sort of. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Oh, very cool. Like a bobka. And that's how it yeah. comes to me. <laughs> okay. Do you buy your yarn uh, and your wool all from the same like sources do you have or do you just get it wherever you can source it from or do you have like farms that you get it from or um i would love to be able to do you know get it from local farms yeah. mm -hmm. it's not financially feasible yeah. it's not economic yeah. at all like i i do use the same um the same um companies they're all based here in the con this country okay. i have wholesale accounts with them oh, um good. I use about three or four different companies um, because I get certain yarns that I like from each one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What? I was just thinking about all the different types of animals that make yarn. Yeah. So we oh, have gosh, llamas, yes. sheep, alpaca. Is merino rabbits? No. What no, is merino's that? a wool. It's a type of sheep. <laughs> so within wool, you've got you've what? got merino. <laughs> why was it funny? I don't know. I don't know why it was funny. It just was. Okay, sorry. That's ang angora. Comes oh, from angora. Rabbits. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yes. Angora. But within wool, you have different breeds of sheep. So you have okay. different types of wool. Um, merino is one. Um, there's a popular one that's called blue face, blue faced Lester. Oh, and it's spelled Lester like the town. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, blue, blue faced Lester sheep mainly live, uh, uh, mainly bred in England. Yeah. Um, and they look, their faces look, the fur on their faces is looks blue. Huh? Um, it's a gray, but it looks blue. Yeah. The, the rest of their, um, wool is not blue. Um, so there, there are different types of, of different breeds of sheep that make different types of yarn. Um, there's also, uh, cashmere, which, which comes from goats. Uh, there's yak yarn, there's camel yarn. Um, oh, wow. 
And silk is considered a animal fiber as well. And that's made by the silkworms, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And within silk, silk, and within silk, there is different types yeah. of silk. Mm-hmm. So we met that lady. Silk. What lady did we that meet? That lady who makes fibers. Uh, and, is she a caterpillar? In East Hampton. <laughs> <laughs> that woman we met in East Hampton. Oh, um, we went to like an open studio thing. And there was a woman oh, there okay. and she made yarn, like she had a loom. Oh, oh, I have her pamphlet. I know. Um, we got to get her on so that yeah. we can connect all the dots. We have the yarn. Yeah. We have the person that makes As. the yarn, that dyes um, the yarn, and then uses the yarn. <laughs> spotted, spotted Sheep Studio. Yeah. Um, in East Hampton. Yeah, she seemed... And um, like you, Jen, she was um, an anthropologist and a historian. Oh. And she had this oh, wow. like curio case full oh, of like super cool these like, like ancient knitting like tools. Oh, it was really wonderful. Yeah, she's on my list to talk to. Um, oh, that's wonderful. You yeah. know, one of the when someone comes up to the table, um, sometimes you know someone will come up to the table with their son or grandson, and they don't seem all that interested. And sometimes it's it's the grandson or the son that's the knitter. Um, if my mother-in-law is with me, she always tells them the first knitters were men mm. and they, mm. their eyes just sort of like widen and they get like, Oh really? Yeah. Fishermen. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, do you use like computers or anything at all in your process? Like, so, like, is that, is part of your process at all? Um, no, I mean, I was at the beginning I was using, um, Excel to keep track of, yeah recipes but mm. i toss that out okay. but uh, i social media is the only thing that i'm i'm using mm-hmm. um you know you got to get your the word out there about your business and that is the way to do it now that's yeah. awesome so this is you truly have an, an apocalypse durable situation here we Without don't need social yep, media. we don't need computers oh that's where you're going with that <laughs> heat, yes. heat and buckets got it yep. yes i love yeah, it I, need, I love it i got need it. water and heat and i mean i can I could do this out on a campfire. I, do you, I, which I would love to try. <laughs> do you have a favorite um, fiber to work with? Is there a favorite favorite type of wool, or like you're just like oh, this? Ooh. This one always takes the takes the dye the way I want it to. Or oh wow, I didn't know you were going to throw me a trick question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, No, I don't think that I do. Okay. I've enjoyed, I mean, I haven't enjoyed, um, I haven't enjoyed working with all of the yarns that I have tried mm. as far as like making something, Yeah. but um, they've all been interesting. Some I've, I've bought once and I go, mm, no, I'm not buying that again. Um, you know what? Maybe the, the yarn that I was using over the summer that was, um, uh, it was merino, silk, and seaweed. Whoa! It had a little seaweed in it. So I, there are some yarns that I will use that have a little bit of a plant fiber in them. So yeah. I have a sock yarn that I use that has merino and bamboo, um, but I wouldn't. I I don't use straight uh, plant fiber right. yarns. But this one has a little bit of seaweed in it, and oh, it it's got this. With the silk and the seaweed, it has this really cool sheen to it. Yeah. Which which really take the dye is just 
it, it takes on, it, it's just different. It's just different. It's shiny. Um, though when that yarn dries is not pleasant. It's like <laughs> low tide, <Yeah>. but <laughs> you can really smell the seaweed. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> I dye that out. I uh, dry that outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know people did that with seaweed. Like, it's just so crazy that you can take these fibers and make them into anything. I know. I once got a sample of yarn that was made with um, milk protein. Huh. What? That's amazing. I have no idea how that works. That's crazy. Yeah, that must involve like some kind of like heavy machinery and like industrial mm. processes, right? To be know. able to do something to the proteins in the milk. It's so crazy. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so... Um, Along the, along your journey, have you discovered like a favorite dye that you like to make, or mm. is there something that you really like to work with? Well, I love working with the things I can forage because yeah. that just makes me feel like, you know, a colonial American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like it just makes me feel like more of a a human animal as as rather than a. Facebook looking right, you know, like, human, like humanoid. Um, so I enjoy anything that I forage for. Um, but logwood is probably my favorite um, overall. And that I have to buy because it doesn't grow around here. What's logwood? It's the inner wood, uh, the heartwood of the logwood tree. And it, um, I, I think it mainly grows or grew uh, in the Caribbean. Uh, the history of it is, it, for dying is that it, it, it was, um, harvested in the Caribbean. Um, and it's earlier what I, I said that it uh, was used by the Puritans to, to dye their clothes. And it's, it comes as what looks like a bag of mulch, like a reddish brown mulch and you simmer it and you get this reddish brown water dye. And when you put your yarn into it, you get the most brilliant purples you've ever seen. Huh, like really? the first time I used it and I, I, <laughs> I put the yarn in, it was one skein. I put the yarn in, I went upstairs, my husband and I had lunch, we cleaned up, blah, blah, blah. I forgot. Oh my God, I have yarn in the pot. I ran downstairs, I pulled it out and it was black. Oh, wow. And I, and I actually thought to myself, oh my God, I burned it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But a, as it started to, you know, drip and, and the water started coming out of it, it was the darkest purple I had ever seen. Hmm. That reminds me a little of, um, believe it or not, tattooing, right? Because when a tattoo artist is putting ink into you, mm -hmm. like it initially looks very different than it's going to look. Do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. need to be able to mm -hmm. see, um, you need to be able to see a few steps down the road, like past mm -hmm. the drying stage. And like, yes. do you, is that how you have to think when you're yeah. dying? The yarns dry lighter than yeah. what, what you, when you pull it out of the pot. Yeah. Um, that particular yarn didn't lighten up all that much, but um, yeah, the, it, it, they'll lighten as they dry. Yeah, I love and I'm it. and I'm only now just kind of figuring out that I'm really when they're drying, I shouldn't I when they're drip drying, when they're still at the dripping phase, mm -hmm. I really need to turn them yeah. because the color will mm -hmm. then settle um, right. at the, yeah. yeah oh. So, and I'm, I'm only, you know, there's, I'm learning. I I'm self-taught here. So I'm learning all this stuff and go, Ooh, yeah, that's, I got to turn the yarn, I think. Yeah. I'm wondering if you're, um, you could build like a rack that like has a, you could just 
that swivels somehow, like spin it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a windmill. <laughs> We're just going to drape it over your arms. I'm patenting that. <laughs> You're patenting that. <laughs> yeah. Nobody steal that idea from me. Wait, I'm sure somebody outside <laughs> and the wind just turns it. The yarn drying. Spin the wheel. <laughs> you all heard it here. The yarn drying windmill is I'm mine. I'm sure somebody has already thought of this. <laughs> How dare you? It's my idea. Um, what um, what inspires you to, as an artist, as somebody who, mm. it, to when you're doing that, when you're doing this, or when you're, do you have a muse when it I comes to this stuff? I never thought in my life anyone would ask me this question. <laughs> wow. Um, well, I see. You, I, um, I mean, I do see you as an artist. I, I do as well, but I yeah. never, ever, ever thought I would be called one. Um, yeah. So. Really, I've, I, I look at nature very differently. I'm paying attention when I'm outside now. Yeah. Um, I'm really, um, what I've, that plant has probably been here in this field for the last seven years that I've been walking here, never noticed it until now. And it's just the colors, the colors that are out there, the plants that are out there. Yeah. They're all there for a reason. So mm-hmm. there's, um, a weed that I discovered thanks to some, someone else who, who pointed it out to me that you can use it to dye with. It's called jewel weed. Jewel and it's weed. got these, yeah, it's got these little orange flowers that hang off of it. They look so delicate. Um, and it is a weed it's, it grows everywhere. And um, the person who told me about it is, is someone who's into herbs. And she said, um, Oh yeah, you can dye with it and you'll get orange. And um, I said, oh, okay, I'll give it a shot. She said, it, it's also, jewelweed is a remedy for poison ivy. Huh. So she makes a salve that, you know, you put on a bomb to get rid of poison ivy, but you can also die with it. And she said, it always grows near poison ivy. Of course it does. No, uh, Yeah. Of course it does. So that that raises an interesting question in my mind. Do you have to worry about like poisons and like some of these plants are poisonous, like possibly like especially mm-hmm. berries and stuff? Is that something you think about or have to be careful of when you're um, working with the materials? Poke berries, poke weed, which is an invasive weed. Mm-hmm. Um, the poke berries are great for dying, but they are toxic. They're poisonous. We can't eat them. Right. Um, as long as I don't put them in my mouth, I'm fine, yeah. but they also stain your hands. So you want to pick them with gloves. Yeah. Um, but um, I haven't come across anything that I have um, been worried about. Yeah. Rhubarb leaf is quite toxic. Huh. I have not used it to dye with yet. It's a, it's a common natural dye, but um, it, it is toxic. Um, so I would like just to be safe. I'd wear a mask doing yeah. that mm-hmm. i think i knew that like in the context of pies stomping jen like oh, i think pies. i heard that the part of the rhubarb plant is poisonous mm. yeah I isn't love, that funny yeah i love rhubarb pie you do yeah rhubarb but how does the poison stop yeah at this point? it's not poisonous <laughs> <Yeah>. anymore <laughs> i think the rhubarb is like the root part of it right i don't know anything about rhubarb i've never well, maybe not it. It's the stalk. The stalk, it, okay. It, it's the the stalk that you eat grows above the ground with the leaf attached. So I don't understand how it just 
It's not poisonous from here down. Maybe it anticipates only very polite rabbits eating it. We start <laughs> we start from the top and work our way down. Oh no, this doesn't taste good. Okay, next. <laughs> um, oh boy. Uh, another another dye you guys yeah. might find interesting is um, avocado pit. What? So avocado Throw those pits. in the garbage, in the compost. You know, they put them in the freezer, put them in a bag in the freezer and save them for me. Yeah. Um, right, I'll do that. They, they uh, create pink. What? What? All right. Pinks and salmon colors. Well, we gotta yeah. start keeping My mind is totally blown. Pits. That is crazy. Yeah. Wow. What about banana peels? Do you do anything with those? No, we have a lot of banana no. peels in our house. No. Put those in the compost. <laughs> I had no idea. The, worms, the compost worms love them. Oh, I had no idea. So do you have to, um, like if you crush it up and you throw it into the pot, does that become immediately evident with the avocado seeds? Or do you have to do something else to draw the, the pink out of it? No, no, just simmer them. And I usually just cut them in quarters and... Toss them in. That is so wow. fascinating to me. Um, who are your customers? Like who 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 um, who's buying these natural hand dyed yarns? So um, people who oh, how do how do I how do I do this? My mother and I have been discussing who my what my demographic is, yeah. and um, you know it's um, uh, thirty to maybe. 60, 65. Okay. Um, beyond that, they tend to buy their yarn at a big chain big store. Box. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, but uh, knitters who are um, who are getting their yarn at smaller yarn shops, they're getting quality yarns, um, uh, natural yarns, not acrylic yarn. Um, they know the value in hand dyed yarn. Hand dyed yarn is expensive. Yeah. Um, it takes time. It's done. It's done in small batches. And in my particular case, sometimes I have to wait for it to grow. Um, or it's, you know, I do it seasonally because it's what I can get now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it, it, they're, they're people who know the value of a hand dyed yarn and who can afford hand dyed right. yarns. Yeah. So are there yarn CSAs? You should do Ooh. you should do the first yarn CSA if that doesn't exist. Oh, there yeah. are lately. There, in the last couple of years, there's been like a kind of a, a pop up of um, like yarn clubs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, with especially with a, with a small independent hand dyer, um, you can join, um, and then it's a subscription. Mm -hmm. Yeah, type of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah, curious cool. to. Um, I know you um, like Stomping Jen. Uh, met you, Jen, like at a like a local like um, Farmer farmers market. market. Like, yep. are you able to are you able to reach people outside of our regional area, which is Western Massachusetts? And are are they are people able to find you pretty easily, like on the web? And are you? you know, I'm just yes. curious. Yeah. Yes, um, I've had some people, some local people, purchase my yarn online to send it to people outside of. Yep. the area, like across the country. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I am in a, I am in a local yarn shop here, mm -hmm. um, cool. in Holden, which is, you know, next town over here. Yeah. Um, uh, the sheep shack, my friend Cynthia owns it. And, um, she wanted to have my yarn there, which I was 
made me feel so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's always nice. Um, and I had some yarn um, literally up the street for me at a bookstore, um, a small little place that, you know, I've been very supportive of them since they moved in. And now they're being very supportive of me. Um, I, I do a lot of, I, I did a lot of these festivals and farmer's markets over the summer and fall and Christmas. And I've met a lot of people I've met and I've met at every single one I meet either someone coming up to my table as a customer or someone there as a vendor who has, who said, Oh my God, I heard you were going to be here. And I'm like, you're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, that's, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. We saw that's somebody nice feeling, we saw somebody online like today or yesterday asking about yeah, Jen's, but it, but it wasn't, her, it wasn't, her, Oh, it wasn't. No. Well, yeah. but Audrey and I both thought it was, Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> but still, um, <laughs> but still it's that, um, idea that people are attracted to these handmade yeah. high yes. quality things like, Jen is making through Speakman Sisters. Well, I think that they're, even though they might cost a little bit more because they're small batch and, you know, very like small produced. So you don't have those economies of scale. I think there's in general over the pandemic, there's been this return to um, local, you know, unique type goods as opposed and a little bit of a rejection of, um, huge consumerism but uh, you know i don't know if that'll keep i hope it does because you know there's so much value yeah you I, know um in the thing, that mindset you know i i agree with you 100 percent. i think it's a return to um something that is fundamentally and elementally human about us yeah right which is getting together and like um selling stuff to each other in a, on a small scale well it's, right it's crazy to me so okay Go ahead. So, so somebody posted on social media about how our local stop and shop had no eggs. Yeah, and I'm like, we literally live in the valley <laughs> filled with people who sell eggs outside their house. Like, you can go anywhere up the street and get eggs off the road. But you know what I love about that? Yeah. Somebody in the community stepped up <laughs> and said, "I, I have 15 chickens. I have more eggs than I it's know what to do with." Like it. the craziest but, thing to me. I'm like, you don't need to go to the supermarket. I'm but this, sorry. But this other person <laughs> yes. saw that post and they said, "I've got eggs." I know. Like this is the way we're supposed to right? function as people. Like it's this, it's like this this anthropological. Right. I, you know, we've gotten away from ourselves, Jen. Yes. I think. Yes, we have. Yes. We certainly have. Yes, we use social media to bitch about the fact that we can't get eggs at Stop and Shop, but then we turn around and use social media to say, "Hey, neighbor, yeah, I have eggs, right, and." And you're and better. Yes, yeah. way better. And, and part of what, and, and I really believe this, like I see part of what you're doing, these farmer's markets, mm-hmm. these craft fairs, it is a um, it is a reduction to what is fundamentally human about us. Like we love to get together and like be together and sell each other stuff and give each other stuff. And like, it's, you know what I mean? But like, it's so like, <sighs> Has so much more value, and you can appreciate mm. it so much right. more. Yeah, especially Absolutely. if you know the person that made it. Yes. So I've met a lot of people. Yeah. Doing yeah. these fairs and festivals, yeah. and I, I, and I just visited with one of them today because I bought, I cut, I, I asked her to make me something. I commissioned a piece, mm. and mm. I was picking it up, and. 
we got, we were talking about it that I just, I feel so lucky to have met some of the most wonderful crafters and artisans. I have only been doing this for a little over a year and there are people out there doing such wonderful work, such beautiful work. And every single one of us, even though we all say, oh, I don't know how to do that. I could never do that. We all have it in us, in ourselves to find, to, to, to find something we can do, something beautiful that we can make. Mm. If we just took the time and we turned off the, turn the phone away for a minute or, or used it to find inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I've met such wonderful people. One of the best things about creating the Speakman sisters is the community that I've joined. Yeah. That I didn't even, I didn't, think of that when I started with those marigolds. Yeah. Right. I, I thought, oh, this is great. I'll do this for fun. Oh, I'll do this for business. But I never considered the circle I was joining. Mm. Yeah. The woodworkers and the sewers, sewers, mm. the quilters <laughs> and the um the the glass blowers and the pottery people and yeah. the just I never expected to meet all these people. Yeah. And they're wonderful. And they're just trying to keep sane during an insane time. Yeah. Getting the chills. For sure. Or some of us don't have jobs and this is what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's amazing. Like I've I've been a long supporter of artisans and local vendors and all of that kind of energy. And I'm just, I'm so thrilled to see other people appreciating it and, yeah, well, and I love, and that's one of the reasons I love having artists yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> well, and this, this, is, I, I mean, Jen, like talking to people like you who make stuff, right, and mm-hmm. love connecting with other people, grew out of the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, prior prior to that, we were just a podcast with the two of us, you know, kind of mm-hmm. sitting here just doing whatever we wanted to. But this is really, I feel like, helped yeah. us grow and like help us find um, a voice. Uh, even I'm, I'm not well, going to go so far as to say it's our mission, but I love, no, I yeah. love bringing, I love um, that we have a local focus for our area, Western Massachusetts and New England, and that we can share the amazing people we stumble across, like at farmers markets with mm-hmm. the rest of the world. Like for some odd reason, we have a, a growing and robust oh, no. <laughs> listener base in the Ukraine. What? Yeah, okay. the Ukraine. I can't figure it out. Okay. Uh, they love us in the right. Ukraine. Hello, Ukraine. But <laughs> okay. Um, but anyways, <laughs> so it's just it's amazing. People connect. What? <laughs> people connecting okay. to people, right? Uh, right, stopping Jen. Yeah, um, that's right. That's why we do this. Je- uh, Jen, I wanted to ask you. Um, so dying, uh, based on that video I watched, seems like it's 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 not easy work. It's physical work. It you're is. you're in a hot space. You're moving <laughs> boiling pots and yes. skeins and all of this yes. stuff. I, how do you um, how do you care for yourself like physically and mentally so that you can do that work? Like how do you? Well, you're you, finding me in a, at a very strange time <laughs> where I I stopped working. I stopped doing massage in August, yeah. and so I've been searching for a job ever since, and it's not been easy. Yeah. So. Um, so my sanity is something I need to pay attention to because I'm home a lot, yeah. but I have this that I can do. Yeah. I can go down to my workshop and 
pretend I'm not at home. Right. You know, I, I don't, I'm not at home. I'm, I'm working. Yep. I am working. Um, if it's bringing me in even a dollar, I am working. That's right. So um, I, you know, I, my husband and I both love to cook. Um, I, I'm now back to crocheting now that I'm not doing mm-hmm. massage, I'm able to crochet. Mm-hmm. So I've been working on something. I got to special dye the yarn for myself. Ooh. I commissioned myself <laughs> to dye some yarn That's awesome. so that I could make something. So that yeah. was, that was fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just, and I, I'm very close with my family. Yeah. Um, my, and when I say close, I mean, my parents live a minute and a half in one direction, a minute and a half away in one direction. And my sister and brother-in-law and my 20 month old niece live about three minutes in the other direction. And I see them all the time. Yeah. that's great. And that keeps me sane and healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just getting chills again, thinking about you know, put yeah. on a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to run upstairs and get that, um, that, that lamb's wool cardigan. Um, so I, I know, um, Jen, I know Speakman sisters, um, natural hand dyed yarns is still in its infancy and you're mm. figuring out where it's going to go. Where do you, where do you see that? Where, what's your vision? Um, my vision, my, my vision has been, um, a large open space, I mean, it's pretty specific, uh, a large open space in an old factory in the Speakman sisters neighborhood. Mm. So I really want to be in that area in one of the old brick mills. Yeah. Um, and I want it to just be a big open space where I work and, and do the dying, but there's also a, a corner where I have a little retail where I can sell some of the yarn. It wouldn't be the only retail outlet for buying my yarn, but um, I would have that. I would have a, a meeting space in the middle for people to just come and hang and knit and talk, maybe have coffee with their friend and knit or knitting groups to meet or knitting, crocheting teachers to teach, um, to teach different workshops. Um, and I would like it to ha- have access to an outdoor area for a garden to grow um, plants that I can use. Oh, that's awesome. Mm. That is my plan. That. That's awesome. That's I love my that. goal. That's an awesome. There is, um, there's a couple that live near Oakland, California. Yeah. Um, um, the woman who started it, she, um, she started this business. She's a natural dyer, just like I am. Um, I, I read about her in a book, um, after I had come up with my plan as to what I wanted to do. Um, and I read about her, read about her and thought, oh my God, she's doing what I want to do. She, her and her partner have, um, so she's the dyer. Her partner does a lot of the plant growing and cultivation. Um, they have a dye workshop and they have a retail store and in the middle they have a garden oh, in between wow. the two spaces and it's looks lovely i love that of course, they live in california yeah they can grow stuff all the time <laughs> That's right. but um um it's it was so funny to like see that and go oh my god it's possible yeah it's yeah. possible for sure 
Did you reach out to them in any way? I or, haven't. Yeah. I haven't. I'm kind of kind of shy to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I bet they would be. Oh no, they totally talk to you. Receptive. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Their, their business is called a verb for keeping warm. A verb for keeping warm. I'm gonna tag them in, in our post for this. A verb. Yeah. Maybe they'll hear this. Um, and they'll call you for keeping warm. Okay. <laughs> taking a note, stomping Jen. Oh, I was taking a note. A note. Um, <laughs> so Jen, as as we move towards. Um, beginning to wrap up is there anything else you wanted to tell us either about what you're doing what you have planned a, a, a site sure. or anything like that yeah sure um i uh started a crowdfunding campaign for this big plan um back in september um on uh ifundwomen.com oh cool um it's a w- wonderful platform for women's uh women with small businesses um they give a lot of coaching, a lot of workshops, um, and it's very easy to create your uh, um, crowdfunding campaign. Um, I started that in September. Um, it's going until at least March. I may extend it. Um, I'm, I'm just looking to have the community help me put this thing together to help the community. Um, I mean, it is, it's considered, it would be considered part of the arts community here in Worcester, which has exploded. And um, I just want to be part of that. That's so cool. Yeah. So listen up folks. Um, I'm going to put the link to that in the show notes. So go check it out. I'm going to have all of the other um, links to Speakman Sisters web presences. So the website, the Facebook, the Instagram, Pinterest, all it's all it's all going to be there. Awesome. So check it out. Do me That's a favor fun. and check all that stuff out. Oh, um, and one more yeah. thing. Um, back in the spring, I think it was in the spring, I found out that um, Kamala Harris is a crocheter. Oh. oh. And I specially dyed some yarn for her. What? And sent it to her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did. I I um I sent her some yarn. Um, I dyed it with a a, a dye material called Kamala. Oh, it's spelled oh. exactly the same way, and it is a dye from India, and it it creates uh, bright yellows and mango colors. Oh. And um, I I dyed her some yarn. I named it Amanda Gorman because <laughs> it came out the exact same color as her coat wow. from the inauguration. And um, I did finally, I think it was this fall, finally got a little thank you card. I mean, it's not a, that is not, awesome. You know, sort of the fill in your name here, but that's, no, that's great. <laughs> but still, it was awesome. I, I I hope that Secret Service didn't blow it up or anything. And she did get to. She does get to use it. That, yeah. that would be nice. So. Maybe maybe it'll make an appearance in something that she wears at some point. Oh, well, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's awesome. And now I found out that Michelle Obama's a knitter. That she took up knitting, I think, during the pandemic. So I'm going to have to get on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, Very cool. Vice presidential and uh, first ladies might be an angle here. There you go. Yeah. There's your target market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although we probably want the money. <laughs> there's, there's not many of them. So no. <laughs> so there's probably, I'm not a business person, um, Jen, obviously. So, Ay-ay-ay. all right. Um, so a, a couple of other questions, you know, not really related to, um, hand dyeing. Um, you know, we like to ask these questions of everybody. So I'm sort of thinking, I think you may have answered this one already, but, um, 
you know, what do you like to do when you're not doing Speakman Sisters stuff? Oh, cooking, reading, yeah. um, and spending time with my niece. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Have you read any good books lately? Um, so I, I, I wasn't reading for a while cause I was do, getting ready for holiday craft fairs and stuff. So, uh, now that that's over, I'm actually rereading for like the four billionth time Wuthering Heights. Oh, nice. oh yeah. Love, so I've never read that. <laughs> You've been reading some interesting stuff. Oh, I've been reading fluff yeah. intentionally. Yeah. I, I solicited from friends a bunch of fluff books because we went on a cruise. Stompy Jen told me, but she was, <laughs> I was like, what are you reading? She's like, oh, this book about a woman who had an affair with some guy one summer. And then the book is about she meets him every oh, summer yeah. for the next 28 summers. Yeah. Oh. It's called 28 huh? Summers. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that is fluff. Yes. It's yeah. very fluff. Very <laughs> oh, fluff. I just read... Um, uh, I've never read a graphic novel in my life. Oh, what'd you oh, read? Which one did you read? I read Paper Girls, the first one. I've never heard I, I don't of know that, that one. Paper Girls. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, awesome. It's, it's cute. It's, yeah. it's cute. Um, I, I mean, I hadn't read a comic since I read used to read Archie. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they've come a long way. Oh, they've yeah. come um, a long way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, um, my husband was given a bunch of graphic novels for Christmas from a friend and um, that was in there and he thought I'd like it. So I read it and I'm looking forward to reading the next volume of it. Oh, cool. Oh, that's so exciting. It's cool. about four girls who are, who deliver newspapers in the eighties on their bikes in the oh, neighborhoods. Fun. Oh yeah. Graphic novels have come a yeah. long way. Yeah. <laughs> a really long way. There's a local children's book uh, bookstore out here um, and like her specialty is um, graphic novels for for children for like teens oh, yeah. and tweens and um, all that. So our kids have read a lot of um, yeah. graphic novels. But yeah. Um, <clears throat> so this last question, Jen, we have is it's not really meant to be a trick question or anything like that. Some people are surprised by it, but um, oh boy, okay, right. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'll just ask it. Um, is there anything that comes to mind when? What have you experienced that you can't explain? So it could be, it could be supernatural. It could oh, be God. political. It could be. It could be anything. It could be. I, I can't explain. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that. I mean, it's. It's only a trick question because I wasn't prepared for that's it. That's right. Like I have, I. I have no idea. That and that's totally fine. Yeah. But I can't explain. Yeah. Hmm. We have many, many people after 160 yeah. something episodes who just say, ah, I'm not answering that. So it's yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. totally fine. <laughs> I can't explain. Yeah. Nope. Okay. That's good. Nope. We've Maybe had- I, I've never, I mean, this is, this is weird, but I've never been a kid person. Hmm. I, I don't have children. I didn't want children. I knew that very when I was a teenager, yeah. like I, I'm not, I don't hang with kids. Like I don't get kids, but as soon as my niece came in to our lives. Yeah. You know, this is done. so interesting. She's the best person I've ever met. Of course. And, and I love that. And <laughs> she's this, yours. It's so interesting. You just mentioned that because we just interviewed um, a filmmaker two episodes ago. Um, oh, what was it? Is it episode 167? Oh I think um, Therese Schechter. Um, she made a film called My So-Called Selfish Life, and it is all about women who um, make the, make the choice not to have uh-huh. children. I mean, it's a great, 
it's one of my favorite conversations I've had in the last, mm-hmm. you know, year or so. Some, some people do it just to piss off the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she, she leaves open the door for any reason right? Yeah. That a woman decides yeah. that this is not for yeah. me as being yeah. valid and just, but anyways, uh, listen to that episode. Um, she, you're interested, yeah. she is an amazing human <laughs> Absolutely. being. Absolutely. Yeah. I am interested. That yeah. sounds fascinating. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I just, they, I don't know. I yeah. feel like I, I feel, I also feel like I, I would, I look at kids and go, I, I could never, I've always been that like yeah. this. Yeah. Never yeah. was like that. Yeah. I don't know. I would, yeah. I forgot yeah. what it's like to be a kid somewhere along the line. Yeah. And um, I can't relate to them, but my niece, I can't yeah. explain it. Yeah. That's you, great. You love her and there's no need. She's no, the best. No need of to course. explain that. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> All right. Um, Jen Wood, I need yes. to say thank you. Um, oh, thank you. For coming. And you're welcome. <laughs> for coming and talking to us about Speakman Sisters, natural hand-dyed yarns. Yes. Um, I learned a lot stomping, Jen. Uh-huh. Um, yes. the thing that pops into my mind is that the avocado seed- I know, we have to start saving all the a source of, of pink and red dyes. Yeah. My yep. sister and my, my niece eat a ton of avocados. <laughs> so I get a bag from them all the time. Nice. Um, so, uh, thank you for what you're doing out there. Like yes. I said, I think, um- uh, people like you will see us through the apocalypse once it happens. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't mean to keep introducing that, <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're watching. It seems it seems likely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're watching this show called Station Eleven on HBO, yeah. which is all about this. So, anyways, yeah. um, <clears throat> uh, so um, just from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I really appreciate oh, it. Thank um, you. It was fun. Yeah. So we're gonna say some stuff to our listeners now. Listeners, um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Especially you folks in the Ukraine. Let's make a um Oh my gosh. A soft serve podcast wave sweep uh, through the Ukraine. Oh my gosh. This could be the thing that keeps the Russians at bay. <sighs> we could be like radio free Ukraine. All right, people. All right, sorry. All right. I'm going off on a All thing right, here. People. <laughs> sorry, Jen. I didn't mean to pull you into this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what you, you're Jen falling is making apart. me laugh. Yeah, um, you're falling apart over Okay, there. all um, right. We love you. We love you. Thanks for listening. Share these episodes. Yeah, when um, you listen to them and you say, "Hey, yeah, tell a friend about us. Tell a friend. Subscribe to our podcast. Leave down. us a review. Leave us a review, please. I've been asking tell for a while. Tell us what you've been thinking. Tell us what you've been thinking. If you think we're funny, then tell us. All right. We're going to go around and say goodbye um, now. Um, oh, we are? Yeah. Uh, Jen Wood, I'll give you the honor of going first. Well, goodbye. All right. And however you say that in Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a movement. Stomping Jen. Bye now. All right, folks. Um, bye now. This world of ours, ever growing smaller, must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate. Those who have freedom will understand also its heavy responsibility. That all who are insensitive to the needs of others will learn charity. And that the sources, scourges of poverty, disease, and ignorance will be made disappear from the earth. And that in the goodness of time, 
all peoples will come to live together in a peace guaranteed by the binding force of mutual respect and love. I shall never cease to do what little I can to help the world advance along that road.